Welcome to Decrypt, Asia's first blockchain and cryptocurrency podcast. I'm your host, Tushar. Each week, we take a deep dive into the Asian blockchain scene with investors, technologists, and industry insiders. Go to decrypt.asia to subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Telegram to join in the discussions. Welcome to the show, Shan. Hello. Thank you for inviting uh, could you tell us a little bit about your background, when and how you got involved with cryptocurrencies and what that journey has been like? Uh, well, I'm personally Taiwanese-born, but I'm uh, Taiwanese-born Canadian, and I actually live my, my whole life in Poland, most of my life in Poland. And well, I have had quite interesting uh, business life, actually, in the past. I, uh, uh, helping my family business, and then after eight years of uh, supporting the business uh, I listed in Polish in Poland in Warsaw Stock Exchange, and after that, in the meanwhile, I uh, also did uh, an educational program called Tsinghua and INSEAD EMBA. It's a dual degree EMBA program uh, that I travel between Beijing and uh, Singapore and Fontainebleau in INSEAD. Uh, after that, when I, after I graduated in 2015, I decided that I want to I wanted to uh, move to Asia to develop to develop my further career. And I stepped into uh, this sector last year. And luckily enough, I got interested with blockchain already last year, uh, mid last year, and then, well, being, being active since then. So it's been, let's say, a bit, a bit more than a year already. And the journey has been great. I mean, I was very happy and very glad that I joined and I was actually got into the, uh, the bullish market and now into the bear market. So uh, exploring the, both the highs and lows. Yeah, I mean, it does sound like you've had quite a career. I mean, you know, born in Taiwan, grew up in Canada. Uh, and no, I, I, I'm Canadian Taiwanese, but I grew up in Poland. Okay, so you grew up in Poland. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. All right, interesting. And taking your company public, I mean, I'm sure that, w- that would have been uh, quite an experience. Um, so let's dive into JRR crypto. So high level speaking, could you tell us a little bit more about JRR? How did you guys come about and what do you guys exactly do? Uh, well, JR uh, do spend most, most of his time. Uh, it's a Swiss registered fund. We do spend most of our time uh, doing investment at this stage. Uh, we do investment uh, in both, uh, in two sectors. One, what we call the ecosystem. And the ecosystem, we divided up the whole blockchain's uh, uh, ecosystem into eight pillars, all the way from incubators, uh, consultancy, incubator, uh, sorry, investment bankers, uh, medias, exchanges, uh, uh, wealth management, fund of fund, and uh, I think that's that's eight already by now. <laughs> Sorry. So uh, that's what we call uh, the ecosystem part, and then uh, we also do the the crypto projects. We do spend, uh, I say, seventy eighty percent of our time within the ecosystem part, and only twenty to thirty percent of the time in uh, crypto projects. But because we do see. Uh, ecosystem is a long-term investment, and that's where we 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 do see the market. It's more of a long-term uh, value. All right, uh, that is quite interesting. Um, so let's talk about uh, this fund. How do, how are you guys structured? Do you guys take outside money, or is it mostly the capital of the partners that are part of JRR? Uh, it's most of the capital from the partners at this stage. Okay, and do you intend to take outside capital at some point, or are you happy kind uh, of keeping it well, 
we feel we feel very comfortable right now with our own fund, and then the structure is much uh, is simpler. However, we do consider in the near future perhaps would cooperate with others, creating an, uh, a larger <coughs> a larger pool of LPs. Okay, so you know you said that you kind of you know in terms very high level speaking, you kind of divide the fund into two kinds of investments. One is the ecosystem side, and one is the crypto project side. Um, so let's yes. dive into the ecos ecosystem side a little bit. Uh, you mentioned that, uh, you know, there are sort of eight pillars that you focus on. So you would make investments in like, you mentioned consulting, incubation, exchanges. So you would make investments in consulting companies and incubation companies. Is, is that yep. what? Yep. That's, okay. that's what that, that's what happened. We have invested already 40 plus projects within the ecosystem side. All right. Very interesting. And in terms of geography, do you have any particular preferences in terms of like geographically, where are these companies located or are they sort of located across the world? Yeah, located across the world. We actually uh, wanted it to be more global. So for many of the projects, we, we don't just look for the China or let's say Asia, uh, Asian uh, sector. We do look into Europe and uh, North America as well as uh, Australia at, at this moment. Okay. And in terms of uh, the ecosystem, I'm presuming that a lot of the investments would be actually equity investments. And because a lot of consulting businesses will not need a token of their own. So are you comfortable yep. holding, uh, you know, taking equity stakes and having a relatively longer term horizon? Absolutely. Uh, equity is, is fine with us as well. We, we don't mind that uh, at all. Because of what, uh, what we, the way how we see it is we always focus on the long term. So we don't mind holding equity because we know that the building of the ecosystem, it takes years to do. And once, but once it's built, it's much more stable and it's much more sustainable as well. Okay. And in terms of the crypto projects, what are some of the mental models or philosophies that you deploy before making an investment decision? Um, are there any areas within uh, the crypto project side, which you mentioned is 20 to 30% of your portfolio, which you find particularly exciting? Uh, well, uh, at, for the last couple of months, we do focus in almost all, all sectors. We did not cut down any sectors uh, because the market was quite okay. It was performing quite, quite well. Uh, in terms of the method, uh, I think we do focus a lot on its, um, on its of course, the market price value. Because well, very often they, they are overpriced. That's for one. For two, we do spend a lot of time checking on the teams because we know it's by the, by the end of the day, it is the team, the people that makes the project work. And the three is we do spend time uh, checking into this talking economic as well, because we know that uh, well, it has to be applicable for the, uh, for the users, either it's business users or consumer users, and then the talking economy must make sense. So these are the three uh, couple of key points that we do look into. All right, interesting. So I see on your website that you have certain projects listed as part of your portfolio. So there's Multivac, SAP, uh, there's yeah. chain wax. So is this the 20 to 30% part of your portfolio, which is the crypto projects yeah. that you've invested yeah. in? That's right. Okay. And so in terms of the ecosystem side, are you able to kind of talk a little bit more about uh, the kind of companies that you've invested in? Because I don't think that's on your website, right? Uh, not all of them. Yes. Uh, for some, for the reason that we did not keep all, all of the e ecosystem uh, equity investment on the website is because we do want those firms to focus on their or on delivering their 
their their products, their value. Okay, and so so, so, uh, so you're not able to talk about these companies, is it? No, I can, I can. I mean, so it's okay for us to talk about the reason that we did not publish all of them on the website, just because, well, we don't want, uh, we, we want them to focus on the products rather than uh, refocus, uh, refocusing of the two months of investment into the next uh, fundraise, right? So some of this equity investment that we did is actually one of the most well-known and has brought out the best return is Binance. Yep. So we are by the second biggest equity shareholder uh, at this moment. So we did invest a lot in exchanges uh, earlier. And afterwards, uh, we did spend a lot of time analyzing wallets. Okay. Uh, any other, so beyond exchanges and wallets? I mean, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm very oh, curious. I mean, we did. I mean, we, uh, we have invested also a lot in incubation, uh, sorry, uh, investment banking teams. Right, because we know that uh, the part of FA in order to support the project to fundraise is a it's a very important part. So that's how we see we we add value, right? I mean, uh, we invest in a project, and if the project needs uh, funding support, we provide it further on to the investment uh, banker that we invested in, and the teams will try to uh, deliver it to the end. And then after uh, after they from finish their fundraise, we connect them with the exchanges that we have invested, and then. Well, the the world starts spinning, right? Yeah, <laughs> I think that's that's an interesting way to put it. And I think you know, I kind of agree with your approach as well. Where today it's just it's very difficult to just be a fund. I think you got to have multiple verticals um, yeah. that you focus on, and um, and there are a few ways of going about it, right? Either you can develop those capabilities internally, or you can, like you guys have done, kind of be investors in multiple verticals and create yeah. that ecosystem. That's true. That's what we did. And I think it's working quite well. And I know that a lot of, uh, a lot of funds uh, later on also spend a bit more time on the strategic uh, part and the ecosystem part besides just a quick in and quick out on the crypto projects. Yeah. Um, and so I know that you're based out of China. In general, I do not have a very detailed idea of what the market in terms of the blockchain and cryptocurrency ecosystem looks like in China. Could you elaborate a little bit more on you know, where most of the development is taking place as far as China is concerned? Well, uh, within China, I mean, with exchanges, there are, there are a bunch uh, just because of the large population uh, there is in China. So there's some, you have a lot of exchanges, but many of them are very, uh, are pretty well-known and old already by now, such as OK, Hobi. I mean, it's all pretty good brand and uh, are out there. And with the... Uh, I mean, the ecosystem here in China developed quite fast. Yeah. But it got really cold now over the last couple of weeks or even a month or two, but I would say because the market is really, really bearish. Yeah. I mean, I'm just curious. What do you think the, I mean, why do you think the Chinese exchanges have done so well? I'm just curious because some of the biggest brand names out there in terms of exchanges um, are actually Chinese exchanges. Like, what do you think the Chinese exchanges do well that, some of the other exchanges are not able to do that well. I think it's just because of the market size. Okay. Because right. the, the population is big, so. Okay. Um, and so I know we were having this chat uh, just before we got on this call in terms of how you guys, so beyond being a fund, you guys are also sort of a, a work in an advisory capacity or sometimes in a co-founding capacity as well. Um, could you talk a little bit about um, how you guys get involved uh, in the ecosystem um, as part of being 
and a quote unquote accelerator or incubator? Okay, well, <clears throat> we initially we started we started with everything with investment, right? Both in ecosystem and crypto uh, project size. However, we soon realized that many of these projects needed extra support. Uh, many funds uh, within China and out uh, have developed themselves uh, downstream, I mean upstream or downstream, depending on, on how you look at it. Uh, they develop they develop themselves into a incubation incubation or uh, investment banker. So they become FA agent, or basically uh, they help projects all the way from the start to the end. So they incubate them. We did not see that as uh, as as our role because for both uh, either incubation and FA is quite short. It usually lasts a month, two or three max. And then through throughout that, uh, after the pro after the project is already, I guess, more matured. Uh, very often, the fund that helped them wanted to sell in the market, and the project has to pick it up. So they become become a buy side and sell side against each other. And we saw that it's quite quite to be. Uh, I mean, it's like uh, you, you you give you you give birth to a kid. After a couple of months, you you start fighting against it. And that's not, that's not what we see the real value of corporation uh, lies. So we decided to do uh, two ex, uh, to de develop two new extremes. One extreme is what we call super advisory. Uh, it does provide a lot of support for the project, but under the consideration that we have invested in them already. And then if they need some PR support, media support, marketing support, or even part partially fundraise support, we would help them. And of course, we would uh, receive some kind of uh, benefit for it. However, now, now, now this is like a commitment based, like a, like an investment banker of uh, FA. It's really more of an advisory role. And on the other side, uh, besides incubation, uh, what we do heavier is what we call co-founding. We really select the team and the project carefully, and then once we help, we go into it, go into it. We treat ourselves as a co-founding. Uh, we wouldn't want to exit the project, but uh, I guess at least for a year or two, because we want to see the final value uh, created after a year. So it's much more long term, I guess. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's a fascinating approach as well, and I kind of see that happening more and more. I think as we progress and the, as the ecosystem matures. Um, so, in in general, are there any projects that you're co-founding at the moment, as you mentioned? Uh, we are. We are working with a couple of them right now. Because uh, the concept came uh, two months ago, and we are uh, working with them closely right now, all the way from designing, uh, uh, token economics and stuff. We we've been quite strict, as a matter of fact, on how it should, how the whole thing should work. So, uh, and the, the project still are at early stage, and would would prefer probably to be uh, disclosed at this stage. Okay, so you were, you cannot disclose about the project at the moment, right? Yeah, not yet, not yet. Give us a couple of weeks. Okay, and in terms of the super advisory side, um, uh, any any projects in particular that you're advising at the moment, or is that kind of oh, under the wraps? Oh, we did. I mean, well, it, it goes on and off. I mean, this super advisor is just really supporting the project we invested, right? So, like okay. even Multivac, uh, we invested in in them earlier. We've been helping them around a lot too. Yeah, uh, Argo from Korea, we also been helping them around a lot too. I mean, this is really. Uh, yeah, this is all going on and off. That's all right. It's just yeah. Um, 
So I want to talk about your roadmap a little bit. What are your biggest priorities right now for JRR? Is there anything that you're, you know, uh, is there anything in particular that you're focusing on in the next kind of 12 to 18 months? Uh, yeah. Well, we, uh, we aren't sure how long the bear market will last. I mean, no one can, tell, can really tell. So what I've been uh, uh, driving internally is that I'm um, encouraging internal teams to try. I gave them three tasks. Uh, trying small steps, try to discover new things, new methods, new ideas, and uh, control, the, uh, control the risk, right? So that's for one. For two, uh, well, everyone has to remind the cost. We need to make sure the cost uh, um, maintained at a certain level and we make sure we get to the, fair, uh, the bullish market. <laughs> and the third, the third thing is, I do demand uh, the teams now to study more, to, uh, to analyze more and to do more researches to build uh, our own uh, understanding level. So there are three things that we, we mainly focus right now for the next couple of months. And we are in process of reselecting which sectors will be investing again heavy, heavily for next uh, uh, year. And that will, the outcome will come out in a month time. We are going through a very deep week, uh, discussion every week. Okay, I think that sounds uh, pretty interesting. Before we finish off, I just want to get your outlook on the blockchain ecosystem in general. Um, are there any areas of development that particularly excite you? Uh, I think it's very it's a hot topic right now of STOs. Yeah, and uh, it's, I did also say I think there's more there's more talking about STOs than rather uh, than its real uh, functionality at this stage because everyone has been talking about it. But how, uh, however. We do discover recently, I mean, I did, uh, I'm trying to uh, actually inform the market that STO is now a replacement of an ICO. It is, a, in my opinion, it, it's actually a dual token system. Every project should have an ICO and should have a utility token part. They would cooperate with each other, uh, bring a target in different uh, holders base, Utility token are targets for the uh, for the application users your users perspective how needed the the tokens are there are are, are for the for the product and uh, STO is refer, refers to the fiat income of the company in terms of the uh, of the equity and shares and stuff. Yeah, I think that's a very fair way to kind of think about it. I think my thought process is kind of along similar lines as well where. Um, you know, you have a utility token, which is actually to use the platform, whereas the, the shareholders, the quote unquote shareholders or the token holders who hold the security tokens are actually part of the profit sharing. Yeah, because I think it got a bit mixed up last year yeah. uh, where people obviously yeah. did everything in one, in one basket. Yeah. But then coming into a, to the day, I think it's a time for everyone to cool down thanks to this Cuba bear market and yeah. really refocus, re-understand. And I believe... Uh, there will be a big value change between the two parts and there should be two separate uh, rounds. Yeah. Any last comments from your end? No, uh, I think that I could, yeah. yeah. Where, where can people follow JRR's developments? What's the best platform? Uh, it's on jrrcrypto.io. That's our website. Even though we are, really, we are developing a new website right now, as a matter of fact. And right. for those in China, we do have a WeChat account, actually. Okay, interesting. Um, I mean, we can always uh, link up the, you know, the your website as well as the WeChat account. 
Um, I, I think that's a great note to end this interview. Uh, Chang, very great. thank you very much for coming on the show. Uh, it was a thank you very much for your invitation. Absolutely. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Like us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Telegram, and subscribe to our newsletter on Decrypt Asia. This is your host, Tashar. Thank you for listening.